The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. The fourth pick in the 2021 NBA Draft presented by State Farm goes to the Toronto Raptors. The third pick goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The second pick will be made by the Houston Rockets. And that means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA Draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Sports, 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 sports. So they just sit there and talk about sports? Yeah, and I think we would call that good news for Houston fan because Houston fan could use it. Let's do it. It's a What Are the Odds Wednesday on the Blitz. Diabolical. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And The Blitz is on for a Wednesday. Welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe with me, Fred Fowler, the Falcon, A.J. Hoffman, the short-timer, Aaron Raybould, Lord Voldemort. You want to get in today? 713-780-ESPN's your number, 713-780-3776. Or you can get us on The Blitz Facebook page. Find The Blitz, click like, send a message. Aaron will read it. Twitter is at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at A.J. is the real. At Aaron is Blitzed, at DeGeneres975, at ESPN975. Uh, you can text the show. You know the number for that. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. And it is a Wednesday when you call, text, tweet, Twitch, whatever the hell you do. Put odds on it. For the odds, it's going to be a fun show, Hoffman. Percent one, no, like 93. Well, I mean, it was the percentages went in the Rockets' favor last night. They did. The odds were in their favors, weren't they? Yeah. And uh, I, I, for one, am probably happier that they got the second pick than the first because i i do think it opens up options certainly it does and I, john granado and i had a discussion about this on sports map today if you'd be interested in uh in john's take i'll give my take now though the if you had the first pick you are almost peer pressured into taking Cade Cunningham, whether you think he's the right guy or not. Right. Because everyone, it's it's almost a consensus that he's the he's the guy. Um. That said, now knowing he's out of the picture, it opens up your options to really build the team the way you want to build it. Because if you if you don't believe Cade Cunningham's a guy to build around, or you don't think he fits with what you're doing. Now you've got options. You can either you can go with a, a big man in Evan Mobley, who's not a traditional big, but certainly is a guy who is is going to, to in my opinion, be a, a especially on the defensive end, is going to be a, a handful and has some versatility offensively. He's he's, and this is another thing John and I talked about. Well, I'll, I'll get. I'll talk about the other guys. Jalen Green. If you just want a guy who's a scorer, like a guy who's going to go fill it up, the rest of his skill set, maybe it'll come along, maybe it won't, but he he can score. And then Jalen Suggs, who you know is is my favorite guy, uh, and you know I think that he he's who they should take. But there's a lot of people who say, well, I don't I don't think they want uh, Suggs because they've got Kevin Porter. 
I don't think they want Evan Mobley because they've got Christian Wood. I got news for you, Ev, uh, Kevin Porter and Christian Wood truthers. The Rockets were the worst team in the league. So if those were the best players on the worst team in the league, they ain't untouchable. And Christian Wood's here for two more years. It, it, I mean, at a at max. I don't think Christian Wood is a max player contract. I, I, that's not a guy that I would want to give all the money to. To me, Christian Wood is a prime example of a guy the Rockets could trade this season, this upcoming season. Because after this season, you only got one year left of him. If you can get any kind of young talent back, you're you're further than a year away from being rebuilt. So uh, I don't I don't worry about the redundancy. If you like Evan Mobley, I, I don't worry about that he's got a lot in common with Christian Wood. If you like Jalen Suggs, I don't worry about what Kevin Porter Jr. thinks. I, I think Kevin Porter Jr. is a fine player. I don't think Kevin Porter Jr. is the guy you need to build your team around. You should be building a team around the guy that you draft next month. That that's he's he's the guy that you need to say, okay, this is our first our first keystone guy, and and build around him. And if Christian Wood turns into that in the next year or two, and and he really gets over the hump, proves he can stay healthy and play a full season, or or Kevin Porter takes another step, maybe you can you you can adjust on the fly. But I don't think those two guys should influence what you do on draft night. I, I don't think that those guys had enough success to warrant saying, "Well, we can't, we can't give some, get someone who's going to challenge him." I, 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 th- I think the Rockets should be looking at this as a, a clean slate. They they had a bunch of scrubby dubs playing last year, guys that shouldn't have even been NBA players that were were getting real minutes. I, I think that whoever uh, it, they, it should be a wide open. You take the best guy. You take the guy you want to build around. Well, you can do that and not necessarily punt on those guys either. I mean, they can't say punt on them. They can be part of, you know, you don't have to trade Christian Wood if you think right. he can, because you, you could always re-sign him if you think he's going to be part of the long-term solution. Maybe you want to see how these guys play together. I don't think you necessarily would, it would necessarily be a problem to have him and Mobley on the court at the same time. But I, I think that you would have some problems because you, you would lack physicality. Uh, they're uh, like checking a uh, a real big would be a problem for those two guys. Like Evan Mobley's a unique player in that he's a he's he's got good hands. He steals the ball. He blocks shots. Uh, he's an he's an in, he's an outside in player. He, he's more of a away from. He's not a traditional big who you're gonna like feed down in the post. He's not that certainly, but he's got a lot of Anthony Davis in him. Uh, he's kind of a poor man's Anthony Davis is the way I look at him. That's it, it, Christian Wood. I mean, uh, if you have Anthony Davis, you want to pair Anthony Davis with a physical big, you know, because you don't want Anthony Davis down banging with some, you know, some big men. Uh, and I don't know that Christian Wood can be the guy that bangs down low with big men, but that's also the way the NBA's the NBA's headed away from those kind of big men. Anyway. Yeah, I was the, to say the, how many of them out there are there that you have? To, how many Rudy Gobert's truly exist? Yeah. So uh, I, I just think, yeah, you take. What whoever you think is the best player, I, I'm with you. I like Suggs. I haven't seen enough of uh, of Green, although you know I, I I hear a lot. But I mean, I I didn't watch all his. You didn't watch G-League. the Ignite? No, I did not watch uh, any of that. So I I can't speak to him. But you know, I I mean, I saw enough of Mobley. Suggs is the guy I saw the most of because they were on TV every day. Yeah, and and so it's easy to look at that and say, okay, that's the guy I want. But I do I do like what he can become. 
And, and I think if you get him, and I, I think there's no reason you can't have those two in the same backcourt. Uh, he, he's a pretty versatile guy. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, to just take whoever you like best, and you work around that. Now, what I didn't like hearing was Woj, Woj throwing something out last night that I'm like, really? I'm, I'm feeling good about this, and now you got to say, oh, they're, they'll, they'll look to trade the second pick, them and the Cavs. Uh, I hope not. I, I don't. There's not a player that would be available that would have the upside of what you'd be drafting there. This is a total rebuild. You're not going to speed up your rebuild by trading no. that pick. If they trade down, like the worst, the furthest I would want to see them trade down is to four. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if they feel like the that they're comfortable with any of those three guys, and the Raptors say we've got to have Evan Mobley, right? It, Which they may do. Yeah, and, and, that, and, and that's like, fine. For the Cavs, who are picking third, Jalen Green doesn't totally make sense to them because they've all, they've got Darius Garland, they've got Colin Sexton, guys who are um, already kind of undersized guards, and and Jalen Green, I, I think making him a wing isn't the right answer. So I don't know that the guards make sense for the Cavs. So maybe the Cavs say, you know what, we've got to we've got to jump up, we've got to get Evan Mobley, and if the Rockets trade down one spot, hell, that's great. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. So, but I, I, I unless they love Mobley, and and that's right, possible and if they too. do, if they do, then okay, cool. I mean, but I, I, um, and I would be fine. I, like I said, I was fine with them getting any one of the top four picks. I think because the consensus seems to be that there's four players in this draft. That and that could be completely wrong, but that there's four players in this draft that are that are difference makers, and you're going to get one of them. Now, whether you get the right one or not, that's that's where the whole process comes in. Yeah, and and we'll see. But I think uh, uh, in this case, I'm I'm happy with where they are. I think they can uh, they can get a player that they can start building around. And the fact that they didn't finish out of the top four, to me, that speeds up your rebuild, as opposed to yeah. okay, we're picking 18th. That's not going to speed up your rebuild. That's that's going to delay it another year. And the reality is you're probably back in this lottery again next year. For sure you are. And probably getting a, a, an opportunity to get another player. And if you get the right one here and you get the right one next year and Christian Wood is a part of your future, now you're getting close to being competitive. And then you fill in around the rest of it with guys who uh, who can support them. And maybe at some point you can you can bring in a free agent. So it's odd that like, uh, you know, for some reason, people don't like Evan Mobley because he's skinny. If you evaluate every seven-footer based on how they look as college freshmen, you I mean, you pretty much never draft a big man. Well, like, look, look at Shaq as, when he was in college versus what he played at in the NBA. I, I mean, the, these guys are growing into men. Isn't Kevin Durant skinny? Kevin Durant remains <laughs> yeah, to this day. Uh, but, and, and, but no, I, I, I think that... I think he can put weight on. Uh, His brother is, is you know, 6'10", 235, 240. He's 7'2", 215. I, I think that there's maybe room you don't, on his frame for that. He can get stronger. Maybe you don't want to put weight on him because, I mean, big men that get too big tend to get hurt. Yeah. And you know what? I, his, his game's just fine the way it is. You just you, A good coach will adjust to that. Um, I, I, my only concern is, you know, and, and this kind of goes back really over almost since we've been doing the show together. I don't think you can be a dominant team if your best player is a big, that's fair. 
And I, I think you can be good. And that's why I would love to get a guy like Suggs, who I think can be a dominant guard, who could turn into something really special. And you build around that. Because you don't need a... And, and, I mean, if Christian Wood is healthy, you know what? That's good enough if I've got a, a player like that and I can put another another one or two next to him. But if that's the direction they go, and if you do give me Anthony Davis light, guess what? I'm okay with that. And and if, if he ends up being... I mean, maybe if you draft him, you know, he's... He ends up, when you are finally rebuilt, he ends up being the second best player on your team or the third. That'd be ideal. Yeah. Uh, but he also gives the Rockets something that they they haven't had in a long time, which is your best player on the floor would be a, a – I don't know if I would say he's already going to be an elite defensive player, but he's an elite defensive prospect. Like, this is a guy who regularly blocks jump shots – like he he gets to, he he gets out on guys really quick. He is a a very versatile defender. He can defend the three point arc. He can defend the the rim. He's a, a problem for other offenses, and the Rockets haven't had that in some time. And you know, I, I think he'll be a matchup problem for a lot of teams too. I do too. And that's the kind of thing that you know that's the kind of guy you want because that'll be a guy who's a difference maker. So I, it, I'm fine with that if they do it. I, I just I I'm kind of with you. I like Suggs, but. The last time a guy had more um, blocks and steals per game in a in a college season was 2012. It was Anthony Davis. So he's a he, and if if you get even half of what Anthony Davis was or is defensively, then you're in good shape. All right, let's take a quick break. More on this when we come back. We'll also get on your Astros a little bit. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 925. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. Guys, got to tell you about underdog fantasy. And if you haven't heard of this, well, I'm about to blow your mind. A, they've got this, uh, I mean, they're they're mostly a best ball tournament type uh, fantasy sp- space. And uh, that's the way fantasy's headed. People are, are tired of, oh, I, I, gotta set, I forgot to set my lineup this week, or oh, I, I, I didn't. Have, I had this guy on the bench. He was my best guy this week. I had him on the bench. Nobody wants that. Well, underdog takes all that away with the with the best ball, where you just draft and then you forget it, and you'll get your your best scores that get put up over that week, and not have to worry about getting in and, and setting your lineup every week. It's it's really really low maintenance fantasy. And they've got their best ball tournament coming up. $25 entry. There's $3.5 million in, in prizes they're going to give out, including a million dollars to the first prize. And if you sign up with the promo code radio, you'll get a free $25 uh, to start. So that pays your entry into that best ball tournament. Guys, check it out. Underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. What are the odds Wednesday? Man, you guys really are conditioned to be Houston sports fan. It, it's like, okay, this is a positive that they got the second pick. And I'm getting stuff. What are the odds of Rockets offseason ends up being worse than the Texans? Uh, I mean, they are people are scared that they're going to. We'll, uh, we'll draft the Darko equivalent of this this four. Um, yeah, that, that's uh, everybody's just assuming the worst. T- today, I would I would be happy. 
You know, you can we, we can get unhappy when they they pick somebody we don't like and then bitch about it then. But I got the second pick. I mean, I uh, I mean, I, I get the mentality because I, I I had it yesterday when I was saying they're not going to be in the top four. Guess what? I was incorrect. I own it. Yeah. But yeah, the reality is we don't know what they're going to do in terms of of how this draft is going to work because we've never seen them draft. And I, I don't know enough about you know. Rafa Stone to know what he's going to do here uh, and, and who's going to have to say whether it's going to be him or Tillman or what. The um, So, I, I mean, I have no real idea that they're necessarily going to blow it. Doesn't mean they're going to get it right either. So, I'm just, I'm just happy they have a high pick. I'm, I'm going to be positive today. That's a good thing, man. And... You know, I, I, I'd i like to hear what Granado's take on that was because I kind of, I'm guessing he went the opposite direction of you. Uh, he, I think, yeah, I, I think that he likes uh, Suggs as well, but he did say, I, I think Christian Wood is a guy you can build around. He thinks Kevin Porter is a guy you can build around. So I, I think they're guys you can include in your build. I think so too. And, and I, and I think that's the way to approach it, but whoever you draft, that's who you're building around. Yeah. You, you, I said, I, I assume whoever you draft in the next two years is going to be your best player. And you, I that, mean, at least that's, hope. that's the hope. Yeah. Cause if he's not, and you blew the pick then. All right. But this team is so void of real talent that, if it's not your best player in the next two years, mm-hmm. you're you made a mistake. Yeah, and I, I I think that, and you can miss here. Let's 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 be honest. You know, Hashim Tabit went second overall. There's guys that go second overall that turn out to be bums, so you can miss. But if you get a great player here, then it's a start. And you know, I, I could see this team getting. You know, it, it's going to take a couple of years. It's not just us. Okay, John just texted me, so I stand corrected. He was saying he, he worries about having a duplicate with with uh, Mobley and Wood, but he's not worried about Porter. He says draft green, so he he's not worried about that. Yeah, well, I mean, the I I think you can find a way for those guys to play together, and whichever one's a better player is the one you're building around. And and you would hope it's Mobley, yeah. But yeah, I I mean I I think that uh, especially you know, the way big men play now, I mean you're going to be using those guys different ways. I, I think you could pull it off if if you think that's that Mobley's clearly the best player and that that's available to you. Then you find a way to make it work, and if it doesn't, then you've got a trade piece to get somebody else. Yep. So you know I I don't have a problem if they go that way. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see a, a good ball dominant guard, and I assume they're going to do something with John Wall. You know, whether either trade I, I, him or, to me, I, I don't. I mean, you can't think about John Wall as a factor here, right? Like, I, I just you, assume he's going to be out of the picture one way or another, whether they buy him out or whether yeah, trade you him. can't say, well, I don't want to draft Jalen Suggs because how would he play with John Wall? I, I don't care what like John Wall is is not in my plans, 
So if I'm the Rockets, he's not in my plan. So I'm not worried about it. And if if John Wall has to rot on the bench until you can dump that contract, so be it. But yeah, you you can't you can't you certainly can't say, well, we do have John Wall. We've got to think about. Nope, you ain't got to think about him. He doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. And somebody asked, what are the odds the Rockets would consider trading the number two pick to Orlando for five and eight? Uh, I wouldn't, but I don't know how these guys think. And because they haven't been here before, but that's not that's not a move I would make. I, I if you're I, the Rockets, you wouldn't take five yeah, and eight. Yeah, I want the one. I mean, I feel pretty good about any of those four guys. I feel good about some other players later, but I, again, I think the the guesswork gets higher. And so you get two shots at it, but you're not getting shots at guys that I think are higher end. Well, you certainly. I mean, if you had five, you're almost locked in to Jonathan Kaminga, who is um a, 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 there's a lot of raw skills there and i've i've only recently started watching film on him um but there is a lot of raw talent uh he he's a he's a good passer he's a good finisher uh he's a good rebounder he's a pretty poor decision maker and he's not a great shooter and he also stop me if you've heard this before Sometimes he doesn't seem like he cares that much on the defensive end. Mm. Uh, mm. Lo, like a low effort defender. Huh. I wonder who that would That's be. not who I'm looking to build my team around. Yeah. No. So, uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it. I would use this pick on a player here. I would be more likely to take my other two first round picks and try to move up and get a second guy. Depending on how you go. If you go with a, if you do go with a big man early, I'd try to move up and get a guard. And if you go with a guard, I'd try to move up and get more of a physical big. The truth is there are guys, and, and this is another thing we talked about on Sports Map, like the, at 23 and 24 where they're picking, which, whichever route you go with your first pick will decide what you do with those, the, the, you know, your last two picks. But uh, if you say, okay, we, we got Evan Mobley, but I also we're also going to need like a physical big to go with him. There's guys like Dayron Sharp out of North Carolina who is like a – a tank, uh, you, uh, just a monster defensively too, and, and is just he he sucks in rebounds, and he doesn't care if he ever scores. Like that's a real good guy to pair with Mobley. And then you've got if you took Mobley now, well you've got a shot at a bunch of guards. You could get a Jared Butler, or you could get a, a Trey Mann, or you could get a Io Desumu from Illinois. Uh, these are are quality players that can can contribute on a team like this. Can contribute immediately. On a team like the Rockets, because the Rockets, like I said, their their squad now is so poor. Um, somebody said Monty Bates next year is better than anyone in the draft this year. Maybe that doesn't do you any good right now. It has nothing to do with with what you're going to do this year, because I mean you're going to suck again next year, so you'll be back here. But there's no guarantee that the ball drops the right way. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. So it's like worrying about next year is kind of pointless. And I. I Everyone says, "Oh, Amani Bates is better than whoever." Next, how do you know? You ever seen Amani Bates play against someone who wasn't a high school kid? No. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys that are, like I said before, considered big time. You remember when Andrew Wiggins was supposed to be like a LeBron level draft prospect? These 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 guys in high school, it's not always what they turn into. Right. Uh, Chad asked, "What about trading Wood to Toronto and get number four and draft Mobley Sugg slash Green?" And just why would Toronto want 
Wood. They've got Siakam, who's a better yeah, version. Yep. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. When you guys throw these trade scenarios out, you got to look at it from the other team's perspective. Why would we want this guy? Uh, when they can get a top four player to add to a roster that is that had COVID issues and travel issues and everything else that already has Van Vliet and Siakam and some pretty good players on it. And also consider whoever they draft, they've got for you know four or five years versus right. Christian Wood, who they've got for they would have for two more. Yeah. So I mean, and if you're picking fourth, your window needs to be longer than two years. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, but that that's a hard no. That's why. Yeah. And, and hey, no problem throwing out trade ideas, but. Rule number one is always, why would the other team do it? You always have to ask that before you throw it out. I'll say this. A team that might be interested in a guy like Christian Wood would be the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they give up the seventh pick for him. But, but if you're the Rockets, you have to think about that, right? It, would they give up the seventh pick if you gave them Christian Wood and one of your later draft picks? Maybe so. Maybe. And if you're, if you're the Rockets, uh, that does make some sense. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5-92.5. When it comes to sports betting, sportsmapbets.com is the site you need. From weekly betting guides to single game breakdowns of the point spread, money line, over, under, and more, sportsmapbets has all the info you need to make the best play. Sportsmapbets.com. The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. And a couple more things on the the draft before we move on. Um, so I wanted Suggs all along. I like Wood, so I don't see the Mobley pick. I mean... I, I again, I think whoever this is, is is who you're hoping is your centerpiece for everything. And, and listen, I, I I like Christian Wood too. The problem is Christian Wood it, he signed a three year deal. He's he's through one of them. Now you're talking about what if if he continues to get better? Is Christian Wood a max contract player to you? Well, I think this is what you spend the next two years figuring out. You got time. You don't have to make that decision today. Yeah. And, and if you think that he might become that, then that should factor into your thinking. But if not, well, he's already said he thinks he's a max contract player. Well, of course, he says that. But so, <laughs> but you know, that's the thing. You got two years to worry about that. To me, you, you you draft the best player. You find a way to make it work. And you know, you hope if he you hope he continues into that kind of player, and that you have to pay him that. But I also don't think that you can draft based on the assumption that he will be. No, I mean your draft pick should not. Uh, the draft pick should not have anything to do with the guys on the roster now. And if you can, I, I, I agree with you on that. But I think there are ways to draft any one of these guys and make them and make them work with what you have. I also think it's it's over like it's overstated that y- you can have you know y- you you can have too many of the same position or whatever. Like, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard technically play the same position. Right. The Clippers, they said, oh, these are good players. 
let's put them on the team and, and make it work. Yeah, just get five guys on the court who can play. You'll make it work. That's that's what and, you need and, to do. And look what the Rockets, the Rockets actually, it, they didn't win with it, but they went with the tiny lineup. It worked just fine. The Warriors have done that. And there have been teams that have gone with bigger lineups. I mean, you just get your best players out there and you figure out how to make them play together. So, um, so says, Jalen Green is the only answer here at two. He will be the next Bradley Beal. I... I Jalen Green is a one-way player is my problem with him. I, I, I don't think Jalen Green is going to help you on, on the defensive end of the court uh, the way those other two guys can. Um, I think that uh, he is streaky. And I, I, I like I said, I, I think that part, part of what is appealing about him is he plays at 100 miles an hour. I also don't know that he has another way to play, and if that if that fits your team, so be it. But if if you're not going to be that team, then you you probably need a, a different guy. Uh, there there are, there is a lot to like about him, especially on the offensive end. I mean, he is a he's a legit scorer. He is the best scorer in this draft. He is the best highlight reel guy in this draft. That doesn't mean he's the best basketball player. Yeah, I uh, somebody, and then somebody else says Jalen Green will be the bust out of the top ten picks. Well, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't yeah. know that. I don't know either one. That's the thing, and and neither do any of you. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. That's why we'll find out. You know, I did. If you could go back, if you knew Steph Curry wasn't going to be a bust, wouldn't you have taken him a lot higher than where he would went? you have taken him over Johnny Flynn? Yeah, is the question. Uh, and Ricky Rubio. Yeah, but, I, I guess with like to me with with Suggs. The minus that I see on him is that he's not a great three-point shooter. But I also think based on his skill set and his like the how fluid he is, that that develops over time. Yeah, Everything I, else about him, I love. He's not a bad three-point shooter. He's no. just not a great one. That's okay. You can develop that. And, and you're right. Everything else about his game, the way he handles the ball, his quickness. And I think it's made for the NBA. And the way he defends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh, he's he's an NBA ready player right now, and and I think you know there are some guys that when they get out of a college system are better players in the NBA. I think he's one of them. I think he he will be better than he was in college, and that's saying a lot. But I I, I could be one hundred percent wrong, and if they draft if they draft Mobley or or Green and those guys turn out to work out, Suggs doesn't. I'll be the first one to say, "Good job, Rafa. I'm going to pat you on the back, little fella. You did good." So, um, Dick Willie wants to know, can you bet on who will be the bust online? I'm sure you can, but when does that pay off? Yeah. Well, what's who wants the, to wait around yeah, five that, years? That's the future bet. No, thanks. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I think it, it's cool that there's something to talk about with the Rockets who made the right decision to go ahead and, and pull the plug and say, hey, we got to start from scratch. You, you were pushing for that all along. They did it, and then now, now the first part of it has worked out because they were able to get a, a top pick. And so, to me, this is this is a good thing. It's a good place to start. And we'll see. I mean, it, it's uh, it, whether or not – I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what their philosophy is. But I think they'll be all right. Um, so, he said, uh, didn't, didn't wild NBA trade scenarios lead the famous Houston radio fight between Creighton and uh, his former host? I don't remember. I I think you're right, but Nate, who's the team? Yeah, what teams? Yeah, 
Um, but no, I mean, I think it's a. Uh, it's okay to speculate on this stuff. It's just all I ask is is okay. Why would this make sense to the other team? Like I, I thought it was a really good one you brought up with the Warriors, because if you're the Rockets and you said, especially if you're going to take Mobley, boy, you get that seventh pick, get you a guard there, mm-hmm. and from the Warriors' perspective, that would make some sense. I, mean, I think you might need more than than just Christian Wood. I think you probably throw in a later pick. Yeah. But that that makes sense for both teams. Both teams would probably be interested in that. I also think there's going to be teams who are looking to trade up. Like uh, I think the Pelicans are a team that are going to be looking to trade up because they're worried that Zion's going to want out, and they want to they want to get a, an impactful guy to help Zion immediately. I, I don't. I mean, if you're making a trade with the Pelicans and Zion's off the table, I don't. I don't know what you're. Yeah, what's there that I'm going to give up to the get back? Pick? Um, but it, it, you know they they have they have the tenth pick, which is something. But mm. are, are, would you? I mean, are you? I don't know that they'd give up a Lonzo Ball or a Brandon Ingram. I, I don't know. I don't know what they'd be willing to give up. But that may be a conversation you'd have. Yeah, does that speed up your rebuild though? Does Lonzo Ball speed up your rebuild? I think he could. I think Lonzo Ball's a player. I think Brandon Ingram's a player. But is it, what what do you like? What besides them do you get back? You, I mean, I, to me, it's not it's not just that. Like, it's yeah, like, I mean, t- from the Pelicans' perspective, it's like, yeah, I'd love to trade up there, but am I really putting more around him if I'm trading one of those guys? Right. And is that really accomplishing what, what you hope to keep Zion there? Well, let's trade away one of the guys that can actually play yeah. to get another one that can actually play. You're just kind of shuffling the deck there. So, uh, 713-780. ESPN Bernardo says, how much fault does the franchise get if the top pick turns out to be a bust given that they draft one out of four that are highly rated? Um, yeah, I, it, I don't think it's always on the team. And sometimes you just get unlucky. You know, sometimes you... I, there's usually a consensus on a lot of these guys. If Cade Cunningham's a bust... Is that the Pistons' fault? Uh, I mean, unless they get him there and they don't help develop him. It, uh, you know what? Yes, it always it, like the the blame will always fall on them. But is it is that fair? Like now, I think it's fair to blame the Cavs for Anthony Bennett because there were a lot of other guys you could have drafted, and the guy turned out to be a complete bust. But is it their fault that Andrew Wiggins never became what he was supposed to become? Is it the Pistons' fault that Darko never became what he was supposed to be? Um, and they, especially considering they passed on D Wade and and uh, yeah, I'd say, and that's a fair one, there. Carmelo. But in this case, everybody says this is a guy to take. So yeah. any, anybody in that position is going to take him. Does it wind up being right or that, wrong? That's when you you at least have, and that's the good thing for the Pistons is that. Everyone seems to think, everyone besides me, seems to think that Cade Cunningham is the home run slam dunk. This should be the guy. Um, so that does take some of the pressure off of them. Because if they're wrong, well, the, everybody, everybody was, wrong. was wrong. And you, you'll you have people say, oh, I knew this guy was going to be a bust. And then they'll look back through their Twitter and it says, Cade Cunningham should easily be the number one pick. And then it's just, well, what were you going to do? Um, so it's... You know, I I do think that that there are there are ways that 
it, it cannot look like a bust, but it's never going to be. The, the team's never going to go like nobody's ever going to say, "Oh, well, you guys, you you made the right call, no matter what happened." No, well, no, that, that's just not how fans work. No, but then and a couple people bringing bringing up uh, Odin over Durant. Now, I think I think at the time most people thought you should take Durant over him, but nobody thought he was going to break like that. No, and, and, I, and, I, and that one that one was more of I think like. It, let's say at worst it was like a 70-30 split people who thought that Durant should be number one. So it, they, it was certainly the minority thought that Greg Oden should be the top guy, but it, there at least was a, a, a decent crowd that thought Greg Oden should be the guy. Yeah, there, there were a lot of people who thought Greg Oden was going to be yumming. I, I think it's and, like 90-plus percent of the people think Cade Cunningham should be the number one pick. Yeah, oh, I think it's more than that. But I, I think... If I had the number one pick, that's not where I would go. It's not where I would go either. So maybe there, maybe there's less, that, mm-hmm. but it's just the the loud people, the people with voices, the the people with you know mock drafts. I oh, I, I think maybe it's just us. I think I think ninety nine percent of the population is the other way around. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN is your number. Um, and this was that when when Roy was in Portland, they felt a big was needed. I, I think so. I'd have to go back and look, but that's. And and I'm not going to fault you, fault you for drafting a guy when you've already got Brandon Roy that goes with that. But you know, again, I think um, it, it's not their fault that the guy broke. So, of course, he didn't make a name for himself in other ways. Yep. All right, we're going to take a very quick break. Come back. We'll catch up on your Astros a little bit. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5-92.5. This is the Blitz on ESPN You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. So what happens if Cunningham does fall to number two? Is it an automatic pick for Houston then? I kind of think it'd have to be. Unless there's some big secret like on draft day with the quarterback. And he dropped all the way down. But, yeah, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, what do you think of that last play last night for the Suns? Pretty wild. Uh, I mean, at least you got a good game, right? Yeah, yeah a great play that they drew up. Yeah, um, and I, I think they got the call right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that, that's a, at least there's some drama. We haven't had a lot of drama. In the NBA playoffs, it was nice to have some. And it looks like uh, Christoph Paul will return for game three. Yep. Uh, and I believe um, Devin Booker's nose will return for game three, although <laughs> not in the greatest shape. But is Pat Beverly a scumbag? Yes or no? Um, Depends. If he's on your team, you'll love him. Yeah. He's a scumbag. I got into it with Tim Legler years and years ago when he tore Russell Westbrook's ACL, mm-hmm. and 
Legler, for some reason, responded to me. I don't even know if I was an intern here yet. Look at you. Look how famous you are. I was famous for about all of 20 minutes. And I argued, and I was like, that wasn't a dirty play. That was going after the ball because he wanted to win. But now, after it becomes a continued thing, yeah. Then you get to stuff. Because that was the first time he had done something that injured another player. So at that point in time, when Legler goes, no, he intentionally meant to tear up his knee by diving after the ball. I was like, you you can't really say that. He was... He's an aggressive type of defender. That's what he does. But now the aggression has gone from I'm going for a basketball play to I'm going to make sure I'm act more like a hockey enforcer that's five foot two. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to go. I, I don't know. I, I, it's it's hard for me to. And like you said, when you look back at that Russell Westbrook play now, it's like it probably was dirty. He probably is just kind of a scummy guy. But at the time, you couldn't. I mean. That was who he was. But yeah, now you look back and you go, oh, yeah. And I know like he's convinced that he's, you know, this, I don't think, I mean, he's a, he's a a solid defender. He's never going to be as good of a defender as he thinks he is. What he is, is he's a guy who's too physical and I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not crazy about it. I, I don't know what can be done about it. I don't know. I I don't know that the NBA is going to start like saying, Hey dude, this is a pattern. There's a pattern of behavior, but I don't. I also don't think it's a coincidence that the Suns' best player has a broken snout. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you're right. It's a pattern of behavior, and I'm not going to say he was trying to do that. I don't know that he wasn't, but um, somebody had said on the uh, Twitch at the about the rating sucking. Actually, that's not correct. Um, apparently viewership. Now this is over last season, which was abysmal with the, the bubble and everything else, even with the Lakers in there. But, uh, viewership for this year's playoffs playoffs is up 39% compared to last season. Okay. The bucks and nets on June 19th was the most watched game of the playoffs. Well, keep this in mind. It's only 6.9 million viewers, but that's pretty, I mean, that's something. Yeah. And uh, game one between the Suns and Lakers managed just 4.4. Game six of the 2020 finals between the Lakers and Heat only had 5.6. I do think people tuned out last year for a lot of reasons. So, I, I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to mischaracterize it by saying the ratings are down. They're not great. They're better than they were last year in the bubble when the Lakers were in there. Is that fair? Yeah. So I don't know what that really tells us. Did they rise because the Lakers are out? Um. Yeah. No. I don't think that's. See, I think love them or hate them, and most people hate them. They want to see LeBron in there. And if it had been LeBron against the the Nets, then the ratings would be really good. I don't think there. I don't think there's any way to dispute that. But I I, I do think that uh, the numbers still aren't great. I mean, yeah. Wonder what uh, like that six point nine. I wonder what the. If we have a number for the U.S. Open, can you find that out for me? I'd be curious to compare those two, considering that that was fairly interesting and it was in the afternoon. But uh, and uh, and they they did bring out up in the story that Mickelson's win in May at the PGA crushed uh, the NBA ratings. So I, I'd just be curious about the U.S. Open since it was. The average for the entire final round on Sunday was 5.7 viewers, 5.7 million viewers. It peaked at 8.9 million 
when Rom was birdieing the last two holes. Okay, so that's that's more than six. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Jetter being with a good point. How do they compare to the year pre COVID? That's that would ha- I'd have to go back and research. I'm guessing they're down from that. Because last year's, I, I recall reading, were really down. And even now, it's still, to me, it's not apples to oranges because of where we are in the calendar. Right. Like, it, normally, the playoffs are over already. Like, the, the finals are over already. And we're still in conference don't, finals. And they get to late June, early July? No. I, I kind of I thought that it, it would push everything into July almost. I mean... Well, guess what? It's the 23rd, so... Yeah, I, I think it's closer to normal... But, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Well, yeah, because we, we've been seeing stuff like the anniversary of the White Bronco and all that kind of thing. So the, last, the last day of the finals in 2019 was June 13th. Okay. So, typically, yeah, so it's, by, it's by mid-June, later. it's over. Yeah, well, we still got a long way to go, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We, we haven't even really gotten into, like, the Eastern Conference finals haven't started. Right. Well, they do tonight. It's going to be about, it's going to be almost a month behind, probably. Who do you, who do you got by the way in your Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, the Bucks. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't care. I, I mean, I, I, again, I'm, I'm out on the playoffs now. I don't care who wins. I mean, I guess I'd like the Suns. Yeah. Uh, I'm just glad it wasn't the Nets. I won. Like, uh, <laughs> my, my cheering favorite got home, and it was called not the Nets. So I'll take it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for the Suns, but uh, honestly. I don't hate any of these teams. I don't really care for the Clippers, but I don't hate them. So. Uh, I don't like the Clippers without Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't want a team with Paul George as the best player to go win a title. That would, I, I feel like that would just spit in the face of everything that I know about basketball. Uh, a couple of people asking if there, there's a hockey play on the game tonight. I think there's only two ways you can play it. Uh, we talked about this on the Twitch. If you think the Islanders are, are going to stick around and take a money line, I, I'm going to take I'm going to take an opposite play here. I I like Tampa minus or plus one seventy five minus one and a half goals. I I kind of think if Tampa gets out to an early lead, it's not going to be eight nil like it was the other night. But I think they run away and hide. Uh, but if if you do think that the Islanders are going to bounce back, then just take a money line. Don't mess with anything else. So, but my my play is Tampa minus one point five, but not for a lot because. I'm, Kind of rooting for the Isles, but I, I plan to benefit from their demise, though. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I kind of feel like it's easy to count the Hawks out of this thing, but they, they do keep surprising us. And I, I, I mean, I don't want to rule out the Bucks high choke factor either. Yep. So, I mean, I, I, I I'm going to, Assume the Bucks win this series, but I'm not gonna be shocked if, if Atlanta scares them a little bit. Atlanta's better than better than I gave them credit for. All right, seven one three seven eight oh ESPN is your number, seven one three seven eight oh three seven seven six. And promise you a little Astros, they uh they won their ninth in a row. Is that a hot streak? I'm, I'm, I'm just... that that's a at least warm streak, right? Yeah, yeah. I I think that's pretty good. And of course now everybody's overreacting to it. And oh, the best team in baseball. I was like, eh. but I have some, uh, I have some numbers that we'll do next segment. Okay, uh, about why they've been so good now uh, during this win streak. Did you, did you see uh, the the bet that got late? Not the mattress Mac bet. We can talk about that later. But the bet that got made on the Bucks 
I did not. Bucks to advance. Somebody bought a ticket for $950,000 to win $190,000. That's a lot of confidence. You're betting at minus 500. I'm, I'm not a fan of those kind of bets for a variety of reasons. We'll, we'll get into that. I also have uh, more college football lines. Remember we had some select ones uh, a couple weeks ago? Now we got like five or six games a Let's week. Let's go, baby. So we'll uh, we'll get to that as well. Don't go anywhere. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Keep ESPN 97.5. Please, Please have a